The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show where we dive into all of the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation, and sometimes the whole last year of PlayStation, because this week is actually a pretty big anniversary. Uh, But before we get into all of that, I am joined this week by Jada Griffin. Hello, hello. Hello, glad to have you back. And Mark Medina. I'm back. Uh, Sorry, I missed last week, but I I am once again returned. Uh, But you can't dislike the video because youtube disabled that now so i'm back that's why i'm back now is because you can't dislike me anymore exactly you'll just have to tell mark (laughs) his uh bad opinions about what sequels are on twitter um but yeah we've got a big show to talk about this week because it is uh this week in just a couple of days from when the show goes live is the one year anniversary of the playstation 5 being out and officially available and though it is still very hard for a lot of people to get it uh we want to look back on the last year for the ps5 how it how it's been uh the games that have released the updates that have been there uh obviously the the both sales success but the available availability problems that still exist and and dive into all of that. So we'll be jumping into a lot of that, including your feelings about how that year has been. Uh, But before we get there, I do have a couple bits of housekeeping to do at the top of the show. The first comes from the desk of Seth Archibald, Skellington, Andrews, Cooper, Macy. Uh, Guess what? It's November, which means you need to start seriously thinking about the gifts you plan to give this year. Fortunately for you, we've got a live stream coming up to help you find the perfect gift for anyone on your list, even if that person is you. Make sure to visit IGN.com on Tuesday, November 16th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific to see Seth Macy, Brian Altano, and Akeem Lawanson as they help guide you to the perfect holiday gifts. Uh, that'll be- I, I will say yes. my favorite person to give gifts to is myself. And oh, it's yeah. also my favorite person to receive gifts from. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Do, do you like do you wrap gifts for yourself? No, no. Okay. No. I just, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. You know? I, I, I mean, just, I know exactly what I want. So yes, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. The the best gift giver for you is you. Uh, yeah. I like to yeah, get. I'm not gonna for... wrap a bunch of Burger King gift cards, Dornbush. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can, it's very uh, like a small amount of paper to use there. To be fair. Sure. Um. Sure. But yes, if you want to tune into that live stream again, that is Tuesday, November 16th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, other than that, also want to mention, uh, I, I did 
did drop this on Twitter, but for those who uh, may not be on Twitter for their sanity, which is probably a good thing, uh, we have uh, decided and and wanted to let everyone know that unfortunately we're not going to be doing our Bloodborne Let's Play uh, spinoff side series that that we have done a couple of installments of. Uh, We started doing that show back in 2020. It was literally the last thing I recorded in the IGN office before we all had to go home uh, for for COVID and and the pandemic setting in. Uh, And so we, you know, we had intentions for that show to be something we were filming in office. It was going to be a a big production. We had a lot of big plans for it. Obviously, we have done one episode per year since. There was one in 2020 and then one in 2021. Um, Unfortunately, it's just impossible to get the crew that we wanted to for that together. Uh, So we're we're not going to be moving forward with that as a spinoff series uh, for Beyond. But we really, really enjoyed doing it. And we thank everyone who enjoyed watching it, who was supporting it and and tuning in for those. Uh, We had a lot of fun. Hopefully we can we can find some fun Let's Play ideas in the future. But yeah, that one just unfortunately won't come to fruition. But, you know, we'll we'll all turn our Soulsborne attentions to Elden Ring in just a few months anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And and last but not least, I did just want to mention, because I realize it's a thing I I technically haven't addressed, uh, and what better time to do so with the two of you. I haven't told you I'm doing this. But obviously, uh, you may notice Jada and Mark have been on the show quite frequently over the past few weeks. And, um, you know, obviously, we are all extremely busy at IGN, but if you haven't noticed, Lucy... Brian and Max are particularly busy, uh, and so being on week to week for them has just been extremely difficult with, with all the responsibilities they have going on. Uh, so we want to widen what the Beyond family sort of looks like, and so we're, we're having Jada and Mark on a lot more regularly. It doesn't mean you won't see Lucy, Brian, and Max on the show, uh, of course, but it's just a thing of, you know, to set expectations, don't expect them to be back week to week because they are extremely busy and extremely busy in different ways every week. Uh, but I am really thankful to both of you for having been on the last few weeks they've been a lot of fun even mark when you've had to miss uh it's been a lot of fun uh to have you both on the show and i'm excited to to keep having you both on as we we go on forward is, thank is, you is us being on beyond does that out us that we're not busy yes yeah you're both <laughs> extremely lazy i think is what i'm saying. i don't yeah. i don't do a lot i'll tell you i wake up you know yeah. i'm like i'm like an old-timey author you know i wake up i drink coffee i check the stories and i start writing at like 4 5 yeah. p.m and then you, you write for <laughs> yeah. about 20 minutes and then you're good. Yeah. And then J- Jada, of, of course, there's only one Speak. social platform IGN is on. So you don't. There's only one social platform, yeah. but I'm on all I'm on that one and I'm doing everything else at the same time. So, you know, uh, no, you I'm both on are, literally- you're, you both are extremely busy as well. But I appreciate you, you know, being able to take the time and wanting to be on the show more. And and, and just the way I, I think the best way to put it is the way Lucy, Brian and Max's uh, schedules have have been and will continue to be just makes it impossible to nail it down for week to week for for them to be on every week so that doesn't mean you won't see them they will still be on the show when they can be and, and we're excited to have them back on uh when possible but uh i i've loved doing the show with the two of you and and a couple other faces like matt kim and, and mitchell saltzman who you'll also be seeing here and here and then uh so yeah just just look forward to a few more regular faces uh in the rotation i would say uh, yeah, I th- I think the that... best way to like explain it is that like Max and Brian specifically get pulled onto shoots that people mm-hmm. don't really see, and those the shoots that you know that's why I wasn't on last week. Uh, those shoots are usually unmovable, <laughs> which is why it's like okay, I I was able to do Beyond, uh, you know, a Tuesday at ten thirty. So then when your fire alarm thing was going off, I I assume you explained that on last week's show. Yeah, uh, why it was why it was different. Uh, it was just like hey, we need to move to here. And I was like, cool, can't be on because like, I was on one of those shoots. And like, that's just kind of what happens. 
um so yeah they are they are very busy boys and then lucy she just does more than i can even comprehend i so. don't yeah i'm I, she, i'm her direct report she's my boss and i still don't understand how she gets it all done and i literally <laughs> work with her on half of it um yep. so yeah I, again they are certainly still part of the beyond family i don't want anyone to think that like they uh, are suddenly going to disappear from the show entirely but just obviously they haven't been on too much recently and i don't want people mm. to like question that so that's the long and short of it uh yeah as, as mark said uh a lot of those shoots that max and brian get pulled into are often some of them are often very last minute and some of them are mm-hmm. very long and impossible to move because there are so many moving parts so uh yep. you know they'll be on when they can but just want you to know that uh yeah you'll see a few more regular faces rotating in and we've got a lot of fun plans in store because my god is next year going to be busy yeah. Before, so busy. Before we get into next year's very busy uh, release rollout of way too many games for me to comprehend, I'm already uh, getting a little anxious about it. Let's look back at the year that was. Uh, so November 12th, just a couple days from when this episode goes live, is the one year anniversary from the play for the PlayStation 5's launch. Uh, it launched back all the way back in November 2020. Who can remember such a time? Uh, <laughs> that both feels a year and also 12 years ago. Um, we we kind of want to look back at, at sort of, I think, the big things that have worked, what hasn't quite worked, how it's been as a first year. Um, I'm, you know, just, I, I think we'll sort of give our, our general thoughts as we, as we wrap up. Uh, I, I certainly have a, a few thoughts about very specific things I think that have and haven't worked. But I, I do think it's been overall a pretty solid first year, especially looking back at um, something like the the PS4's first year. Uh, Jaden and Mark, I don't know if you all remember, but after after launch, I think Infamous Second Son was almost the only major f- exclusive. There was also PT. That was just about it for the first year of the PS4. After launch. And what yeah. an exclusive it was. PT was so <laughs> exclusive also. I still have it. I don't. And it bums me out. I loved it so much. But anyway, we're not here to talk about PT. That's for another day. Uh, So let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, the games and everything. And I I think obviously we we can start sort of within the context of the launch lineup and everything. So maybe let's start there and then we can look at the rollout after. But, uh, you know, now now with a year's sort of uh, perspective in mind, Jade, I'll start with you. What do you think about the, the PS5's launch overall? Ooh, um, you know, it was a it's a solid launch year. We got some really good titles right off the bat, you know, like Miles Morales. And I really loved um, Bug Snacks as well as Astro's um, Playroom. Um, and you know, what? I, for me, it was it wasn't so much of expecting a huge lineup of PS5 games at launch. It was more of a I know there's going to be stuff coming down the road and I want to get this PS5 before the scalpers get to them. So that was my main reasoning for picking one up day one is because I was ready for the next gen. I had the money. I was able to snag one, luckily. And uh, yeah, that was kind of that was my thoughts on that, like the initial burst. Um, But over the first year, you know, I've gotten to play a lot of my old school PS4 games that, uh, you know, got remastered or upgraded for PS5, whether it was just a simple load time, such as like, I think it was Last of Us uh, 1 got cut, the load times got cut down to like 12 seconds this year. Um, And it was just ridiculous to go back and replay that game and have virtually no load times on almost any section of the game. Um, But yeah, I think that's really the biggest thing for me that I've really loved this year is just like no loading screens. Like you just don't see them in games anymore, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've, it feels like most of the ones that I see these days are, are a couple seconds at most, which has been really nice. But yeah, I, I totally think you're right there. I think that's a really interesting thing 
especially paralleling back to the PS4 where it wasn't backward compatible and you just had mm-hmm. whatever was on the PS4. Whereas like, I, I think there was a lot of sort of hand-wringing about the lack of true next-gen exclusives at launch for the PS5 um, and, and the Xbox Series X and S, to be fair. Um, and, and we've only gotten, you know, a handful or, or so in the in the first year. But that is because at the end of the day, the realities of development and how big of a massive install base there is on that last generation and also the pandemic, you, you can't um, deny that that certainly has played a part in so many games development tracks. But but Mark, for you, how was this launch, uh, you know, specifically that window and then the year after? Yeah, the PlayStation 5 has been I, I love the console, but man, is it uh, it's it's been so up and down. Right. So like uh, at launch, launch was my favorite like time with the console. Right. Because um there wasn't a whole lot of games that like people could play together right um but they introduced a new feature that wasn't that didn't exist on ps4 which was the screen sharing and so me and uh you know like three of my friends we would play astro's playroom like to me astro's playroom in my mind that's a that's a multiplayer game because there was almost never a time i played that game that i didn't have other people's screens and we were like playing together and finding secrets and stuff like that same with like bug snacks and demon souls we would all just like share our screens and it was it was this weird like magical time where it was like one person was playing bug snacks the other person was playing demon souls and the other person was playing astros and yet we all we all lived together in this like virtual roof and played games together so it was this weird like virtual gamer house um and that was something I only did at launch and almost never did again uh, until very recently when I, me and a friend were trying to platinum Death Stranding at the same time and we were screen <laughs> sharing and just playing. Uh, the, the, yeah, the launch of the PlayStation 5 was great. Since then, it's been just, you know, a lot of people would probably not want to hear it, but to me, it's <laughs> it's the PS4 Pro Max, right? It's the PS4 sure. Pro Pro. Like, there hasn't been... A lot of things other than loading times where you're just like, is this something that I could have just played on PS4 Pro? Except for that, it just looks prettier and has a better frame rate. Uh, but that, like, for me, a person who appreciates those things, I'm very happy with the console. <laughs> it's also yeah. been a very confusing on what is a PS5 game, right? Like, there are two different versions, and Ghost of Tsushima is the perfect, like, example of this where you have a game that gets a PlayStation 5 patch, right? And it becomes a PlayStation 5 game, even though it originally launched on PS4. And then there's a game that just got like a frame rate patch. So the first example of that was like Days Gone, right? Like Days Gone is not a PS5 game. If you download it, it still says it's a PS4 game, but it runs at 60 FPS. And Ghost of Tsushima, it got that as well. It got this like weird patch and then it got a PS5 version. And so that stuff has kind of been this like weird like puzzle to try to like solve (laughs) and so i I don't think it's been the while i appreciate the backwards compatibility i don't think it's been like the smoothest implement implementation of that implementation (laughs) yeah no i i mean until the the recent firmware update that very specifically labeled ps4 and ps5 versions of the game i mean that was a thing that was one of our biggest news stories at launch was that like people kept downloading the PS4 version of Call of Duty because mm-hmm. they didn't know how to find the PS5 version. And yeah, it's 
I, it's a very and it would like download both and it would take all your storage space yeah well and and even more than that because call of duty is so big but yeah it's um <laughs> it's this weird interesting thing where like i appreciate that they approached the ui as this brand new thing because it gives that that excitement of like oh this is a new piece of tech and i'm getting to explore this whole thing but they made some weird like fundamental choices that just were puzzling and I, and they've slowly mm-hmm. been fixing some of them. And I think the PS4 and PS5 like labeling and downloading system has been a part of that. I think like, at least for me and, and um, maybe both of you as, as more trophy inclined uh, might agree, but the fact that trophies were the way they were at launch and then Ugh. finally changed to being vertical again was just like, why yeah. did they even do that? Why? It, like it worked so well. <laughs> they went so hard on the cards. Yeah. And they, so then they made the trophies cards and I'm yeah. like, this is awful. Yeah. I, I actually liked the card system, but I will agree that it is much more usable when it's set to a vertical versus horizontal uh, style. Um, I didn't really mind the cards. I know it really ruffled a lot of people's feathers, but uh, but yeah, I totally I totally 100 percent agree. It's so much better with the vertical kind of listing and such. So the, the card is an interesting thing to touch on just briefly. I do think it is not like inherently a bad idea. In fact, I think it's a pretty good cool idea especially to get you into specific parts of games or when Mm -hmm. devs are using the game help like to have that so easily accessible right there is a really great Mm -hmm. thing i think the problem is and it's sort of the same thing we can talk about the dual sense widely with this but it's the same sort of situation where it's like only so many people are really using it well that it defeats the purpose of this being so integral and and i think that's the biggest problem is just that like you know outside of playstation games i think bug snacks used it really well for its game help Mm -hmm. Uh, i think remedy has used it really well with both alan wake and and control uh the ps5 versions they like really went all in on the game help but other than that i like i don't know of a non-playstation published game that really impressed me by its use of the the cards This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. 
To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I think the only game I've used when it comes to like the hints and stuff like that was Astros. Just because it's mm. like I, I didn't know where something was, yeah. and you could just click on the card, and it, it would do, a little video would pop up and just show you where it was, and you're <laughs> like, oh, cool. <laughs> and it, I, I used it with Sushima the, over the last mm. weekend because I was I missed like one or two of the shrines that you'd like the hidden sh- or unmarked shrines, and I was like, what are these unmarked shrines? I know I've been bowing at like basically any time I came to like a statue or anything, I was like, I'll bow at this. Maybe this is an unmarked shrine. <laughs> I open up the little game card, and it's like, oh, it's the little the signs with the person bowing. That makes sense now. So yes. like I went and found all those ones that I just hadn't bowed at and d- finished it in like, I don't know, two minutes. So yeah, it's- there's something I want to clarify really quick. And that sure. and that's when, when it comes when I say like that, it's largely been the same as PlayStation 4. I, mm-hmm. I want to emphasize how much I care about the way games feel and the way games look right. Frame rate and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so I appreciate how powerful the playstation 5 is right Mm -hmm. and so when i go back when i think about the you know of course you can play far cry 6 on a playstation 4 uh and i'm sure it runs fine as fine as far cry 4 or 5 ran um but because they look and feel so good on playstation 5 like it that is really really important to me uh and that and it I, I just I don't know if I got it across that. I really, really do love the console. It's just been a weird kind of launch because we are hitting this point, right? Where I remember it was a big thing where when PlayStation 4 came out, it was like, can any of these games exist on PS3? Because PS3 is really when it like pushed that threshold of like these big open world games like Dragon Age and stuff like that. And and then it's like, well, we just have more of that on PS4, and now we have more of that on PS5. But like what do you expect, right? Eventually games are going to get to a point where, you know, the, the big revolution right now is the SSD. Yeah. I, well, I PC mean, gamers have had for a long time <laughs> to, to your point, And I appreciate you like clarifying there. I, for me, your point very much lines up with, uh, Tom Marks's op-ed that he put out before the, the console's launch, which was like, mm-hmm. go in with your expectations tempered. And not to say that any of the PS5 exclusives that we've seen haven't looked amazing or haven't run very well or haven't been amazing games, but like the escalation from one con- from one console generation to the next has gradually been diminishing over time. You know, like y- yep. you the, from the PS1 to the PS2, you see a huge jump from the PS2 to the PS3, you see a huge jump from the PS3 to the PS4, you see a decent jump 
but not mm-hmm. as big. And then from mm-hmm. the PS4 to the PS5, you see a jump, but again, not as big. And I think to your point, like the the SSD is going to be a very big deal, but until it's something that developers have been developing on for years, we're not going to see the yep. full extent of its interesting use. Like so many of the things Mark Cerny talked about in the lead up to the PS5's launch were like, you know, this will let you load games in a different way on the back end so you don't have to build in hallways or long climbing sections or, you know, ducks to climb through to, to mask loads. But people still have to do that because they're still making games on PS4 and Xbox One. And mm. it's like, that's just yep. fundamentally how they've been designing games. And so until they think about that stuff majorly, and, and we're seeing small tweaks, I think, here and there. But I think until we see that stuff, the true fruition of what the generation is going to be isn't probably going to show up for an, another few years. It's why yeah. we start seeing the best games towards the end of a console's lifespan. It's because the developers have finally figured out, oh, hey, I can do this. And if we do, if we arrange this level this way, we can get away with fitting this much extra stuff into our levels or into our game. There's They, they learn all the tips. They learn all their tricks as they develop. It's not mm-hmm. a, okay, cool. I made, you know, um, God of War on the PS2. We can just apply these same exact principles for God of War 3 on the PS3 and the same principles for God of War 2018 on the PS4. It doesn't work that way. Everything is very different from the just the the foundation of the development of the game itself. So um, that's why I'm always looking forward to what the end of a console generation looks like. You know, it's kind of, you know, it sucks to think about it like, oh, you know, why get it at the start if you're if the best games come out towards the end? But there's. I like seeing the growth. I like seeing how the generation evolves over time, which is my personal reason why I'm usually a day one adopter on most consoles. For sure. Yeah. The yeah. the big example of that is the fact that Uncharted 1 and The Last of Us are on the same console generation. Yep. And yeah. you're like, yep. wow, one of these looks like a mascot cartoony like platformer. And the other one's like this ultra realistic like. Yeah. And and so that was just me trying to like and, and hopefully mark that that lined up with what you were thinking. But that was just very much like I get where you're coming from on that in terms of like. Like I like I really love this first year and I actually do think it's a a better first year than some people give Mm -hmm. it credit for. But I do. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you in terms of like what I am playing doesn't feel like a complete revolution from the generation before. It's just a it's continued improvements now is where we're at. And so I'm just excited to see people experiment with that stuff. I I think, you know, the. (laughs) <laughs> the big joke is like hey i can't text you back the games don't have loading screens anymore i think it it became that i I got used to that so fast right uh wow. you, i'll talk about this later but i'm going to talk about it a little bit now just because <laughs> uh but uh i've been playing forza horizon 5 on series x exclusively and then i needed to make a video where i uh played the game on xbox one a base model xbox one and when you load a race it shows all these different camera angles of the car and then the race starts. Never thought about the fact that the camera angles on the car, that was it loading the race. I never realized that that was the thing, right? It would just show a couple glimpses. And then until you play it on Xbox one and you're seeing every angle of this car and it's just going on and on. And I'm like, what is, Oh, it's loading. I never realized that this was a loading screen. If far cry six, another example is like, I'll just, I'll click and it, it pops up a loading screen, but that loading screen lasts like four seconds. I don't even know what it would be on PS4. Probably, probably more than four seconds. Yeah. And, and it's been, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I, I totally think it's, it's smaller increments and things that we don't fully realize or appreciate until we, we see that sort of stuff compared so directly. And, and 
you know, to your point, another thing for you caring deeply about how games look and, and feel, obviously it's become sort of more the standard of, uh, you know, having both quality and performance or, uh, yeah, I guess it's, is it performance and quality are the frequently used words? Am I? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I just usually go with whatever it, it's on and then maybe switch around. Uh, I'm a person who like frame rates don't really bother me that much, but I know I'm, I'm sort of rare in that camp sometimes. Uh, but I, you know, that's become more of a standard of having those options available across the board with more native 4K and whatnot. But on the, on the feel side, I do want to ask you both about how you feel the DualSense has been since launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, Mark, you were mentioning Astros, and I still think Astros is the best use of the DualSense so far. Still the most fun, still still the most like almost Nintendo-like experience where it was like, here's a really cool idea that we made, and here's a game that fully takes advantage of it. But uh, maybe, Jade, I'll start with you. Like, have there been other experiences that really stuck out to you with the DualSense? Has it been living up to expectations? Has it not been? Uh, I love the DualSense. I think it's great. I think they're doing a really good job of like introducing a new uh, dimension to what it means to like for a controller and what we you know experience in our games. Um, I wouldn't say that it's been like super transformative yet. Um, I would agree that Astros is definitely the best use of the controller so far. Um, I used it in uh, last year's Call of Duty and I actually just finished this year's Call of Duty as well. Um, and I noticed that the the triggers were a lot, um, you know, they start off very resistant um, in the in last year's. And so I got to a point where, you know, I was playing on veteran and I was shooting so many people like my fingers were just getting tired. And so, like, I ended up turning that off because I just it just it got to be too much of a hassle. Um, but I noticed this year's Call of Duty didn't have it nearly as much and I didn't have to adjust the settings. So I think also this first year they've been experimenting with like how much is too much tension when you're, you know, pulling on the trigger to shoot um, or aiming a bow or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked Astros and I think I really like the all the voice, the voices and stuff that come out of it. Those are really great. But I mean, we've had that since PS4, so nothing too new out of that. But I think it is a little bit improved the ps5 at least for sure mm. mark what about you yeah uh astros obviously the the that game was built for dual sense right um another great one would be ratchet ratchet uh every weapon feels different oh yeah very for for you know for a reason and ratchet also did a really good job with haptics as well everyone talks about the the club scene at the beginning where you walk into mm. that club and you hear it and you hear this like and you feel it and it's not just rumble like you it you it feels it's a pulse. weird yeah it feels very yeah it's like pulsing it, it does it it's, feels awesome um for call of duty and games like that i actually do turn it off a bit because it, it's more distracting to me than like immersive i especially in like multiplayer i don't mm-hmm. i don't want people killing me with their triggers that they're able to just pull instantly while I'm over here, like trying to shoot a shotgun, you know, a lot of like, not that I'm competitive in any sense, but a lot of competitive people, even on PS4, they change their triggers where L1 and R1 are their, their aim and shoot just Mm -hmm. because you don't want any resistance between you aiming and shooting the gun and the dual sense adds all of the resistance and so it's it's actually something i turned off immediately i turned it off for death loop as well i thought it was a little too like i was like I, I, I don't need this but then for something like returnal i think it's awesome because they use it mechanically right the half press is your normal yep, but then yep. you're you're all the way as your super and stuff like that uh that's where i think it shines 
Uh, and again, in Ratchet, I think it's fine. Um, for Vanguard, to hear that it's been toned down a bit, I'd actually heard that previous to this. Makes me think that if I play the campaign, it's something I'd probably keep on. Not in multiplayer, though. It yeah. can be a little bit too much. S- same with uh, Back for Blood. I I turned off the uh, the triggers instantly. I was like, eh, it's a little, no, yeah, a little the, too much. <laughs> the more we go into this year, and, and let me know how you both feel, but like the, the more we, we've gone through this year, and, and I hope people continue to use the DualSense, because I do think like advancing rumble is a really cool idea because it's essentially been the same Mm -hmm. for several generations but like the more we go through the less i care about the adaptive triggers i agree i think returnal and ratchet Mm -hmm. used it pretty well but other than that it mostly is just like a tension push that i don't need to have to deal with like it doesn't make the game more fun but the ones that use the interesting haptics to simulate things in the game i i think show me the potential and i just want to see I want to see more of that because I do think like having really fun play experiences like Astros are really good. But I think of in Miles Morales, Spider-Man, the the first scene you're you're on the subway station or you're on the subway train and the train is mm-hmm. going by and it it rumbles like you are on a subway train through the controller. And it does that like through. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's like being on the subway. You feel that rumble and it simulates that or he gets a text in his right pocket and the right side of the controller uh, you know, makes a soft kind of rumble and, and then stuff like Returnal, the pitter patter of the rain is falling down around you as, as you're running through Atropos, like those things that simulate the world that you're in, that you couldn't get that simulation just by loud rumble is the is the coolest stuff. Like, I love that. And I hope we see more of it. The Returnal thing, pairing that with the 3D audio, like when yes, you open so up your your thing, you can feel the rain and then you can it like it's like ASMR. Like you feel like you can hear raindrops on your helmet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then yeah, one more thing about Astro is like that's the first time in a long time that I felt like people would come over and I'm like, yo, you have to feel how this springy boy feels. I haven't done that like since the Wii, right? Yeah. Like being able to like show people like how the golfing feels. It's like look how it feels when you're you're the the monkey climbing like it feels amazing uh, yeah man i love that game i feel like i need to replay it i know right? <laughs> so good um but yeah it, it's those small things and i think as, as more developers find ways to to do that stuff but yeah you just saying returnal even just pausing returnal and yeah being in that that space mm-hmm. of, of the helmet is so great i i do think it is worth asking oh my light just went out um how we feel about 3d audios used so far or or like any games that have stood out to you for it because obviously it's a, a thing here that, that i think is going to stay but is there anything that's like really really stuck out to you in, in the first year so far um uh, so i can start with this one so it wasn't on a ps5 title specifically but i replayed last of us 2 and going through and being able to lock pick the safes by or not lock pick but uh enter the combination just purely by sound without having to scavenge through the world with using the you know finding the wherever the the hidden code was for the safe combination just being able to listen to the clicks in my ears and like yep that's one that's another cool it's unlocked um i didn't know that was a thing it's totally a thing in last of us 2 is probably one of my favorite things about last of us 2 um i love the game but yeah that was like the one of the moments that just really stood out for me but um yeah i totally agree i think 3D audio is amazing. Um, it really helps me when I'm playing Returnal because I can hear enemies are approaching from whatever side. And sometimes, you know, that one millisecond of hearing somebody on your left is the difference between your, um, I forget what the gauge is called, but your um, your combo gauge, um, adrenaline, mm-hmm. your adrenaline gauge, mm. um, breaking or not breaking, which could make the difference in how, many, uh, how much money you have to buy the next upgrade. 
Um, so I totally love 3D audio. I hope they keep pushing the boundaries on it and making it better. I know that's one of the things that they were really pushing with PS5, and I think it shows so far. Yeah, I I, I think it sounds good. I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's blown my mind as much as I I, I have the Pulse headset. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the best headset to use for it. I don't know. I I thought I figured it would <laughs> it be. It is the PlayStation. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's fine. Far Cry 6 seems to be a really good example of it for me because you, you like Danny is just kind of like in your head and it makes you feel like you're her, I guess. <laughs> um, but I, I wouldn't I I personally wouldn't say it's like completely blown my mind where I notice the difference again. Uh, I've been playing Forza with a headset and I'm like, yep, this sounds like a video game versus playing something on PS5. I'm sounds like a video game in a headset. I mark cerny hasn't scanned my ears though so maybe that's that's probably the problem i forgot about that yeah we really got to get those ear scanners going mark exactly um no i do think a really interesting thing that's going to happen that came to mind is uh jada you were talking about some of your experiences something that i hadn't thought about but a couple of the developers i've spoken to specifically on ratchet uh, a really interesting thing they had said was the way they program the dual sense haptics is sound based um, mm. like all that stuff mm. is much more sound based than the, the, the way you typically had programmed rumble. And so they're, they're thinking about sounds in the world much more differently, which can also further enhance the way they approach the 3d audio and all that. And so like, I can see those two things very much escalating hand in hand as we get more just pure next gen exclusives. Cause they relate vaguely in the same sphere. I'm, I'm talking a little bit out of my ass right now, but like I, those two feel like the most promising aspects of what the PS five's feature set is uh that i hope we see more of but i yeah i i'm i very much am with both of you i think there have been some really great uh examples but nothing that has like redefined the game experience for me um Mm -hmm. but you know we we've gotten uh exclusive wise we've gotten uh astro's playroom obviously demon souls uh returnal ratchet and clank rift apart and uh death loop on the on the console exclusive side and then a few cross-gen exclusives in there both both first and, and second party and uh, forgive me as well. Destruction All Stars. You know, I I do want to move on a little bit just to to uh, make sure we're on time uh, and, and talk about the availability and and sales success of it. Um, I know you both have talked about this a little bit before, but like, man, these things are still really hard to find for people, huh? <laughs> yep, they sure is. Yep. Um, I I do want to ask because I I do think it's a little bit of both, but like. Do you think any of that has to do with the fact that we're all just more online in our lives than we were back when the PS4 and Xbox one came out? Um, or do you feel like there's just also, we are seeing a very clear also escalation of bot use and, and scalpers and things like that. I think it's a little yeah. bit of everything. Uh, Mark, you want to mm-hmm. go ahead? Sure. Uh, yeah. The, it's something I've never seen before, honestly. And I know it existed like the bots and stuff, but man, it's, it's so frustrating to like, I had websites open and I had them open on my phone to try to secure PlayStation fives. And, and luckily I was able to secure, I was able to get everything I wanted. I got, I got two PS fives, a series X and a series S at launch, but it makes me think that if I wasn't able to secure those by pre-ordering them, I, I don't know if I would have them because I've tried to get another PlayStation five since launch, uh, just for a, a separate room. And, I'm not like in the game, right? I'm not like retweeting, looking at the deals and stuff like that. But every time I've seen it and it's like, hey, they're about to go on sale in 10 minutes. Like, I don't even feel like I get even 
any close. I just bought a Switch OLED online and there was like four people in line in front of me. And I was like, oh, yeah, because people don't buy consoles like this anymore. They buy them all online. Uh, it, the only next gen console I've seen in a store a year later is I saw one Xbox Series S at, <laughs> at a Target, which is the one that's been the most available. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, the the idea of walking into a store and seeing a PlayStation 5 seems so foreign to me and i don't feel like it's ever going to happen <laughs> i don't know what'll happen eventually but it's uh it's been weird years yeah, from so, now yeah <laughs> yeah um i think you know so like i was saying it's a little bit of everything that, that's just kind of culminating together at this point like everybody is using the same chipsets between graphics cards the ps5s the xbox series x's um like mm-hmm. yes they're different chipsets but they use the same material to make these chipsets um car all of you know the new electrical cars are eating up a bunch of our um those chipsets which wasn't a thing five ten 15 years ago just wasn't a thing um Mm -hmm. also we saw last generation there was a bit of a a lull in how how easy it was to get consoles but it didn't last nearly as long as this generation and i think that was you know last generation kind of was spurred started to increase in the bots and scalpers because of the previous generation when ps3s you remember the whole hassle with trying to get a ps3 with the 60 gig that or the 20 gig that had the backwards compatibility those are really Mm -hmm. tough to find thank goodness i still have my 60 gig and it's still working knock on wood um but those were really tough to get and so like scalpers started buying into that market and then they started doing it more with the ps4 and xbox one and now we're seeing it you know like that they started turning profits last generation. So of course they're going to do it with this next generation. It's only going to keep getting worse as people continue to buy from scalpers. So uh, don't buy from scalpers people. Um, Just, you know, wait, be patient. I understand Christmas and holidays are coming up and you want to get your kids or friends gifts or yourself a gift, but uh, you're, you're hurting the industry, you know, long-term you're hurting everybody else long-term with buying from scalpers because it shows that the system works and people keep doing it but also you know it's not on us to fix this is on the the organizations that are selling the systems to fix to be honest yeah no it's it's tough i really understand everyone who like is desperate to get these things because it is the brand new system and it is the you know especially as the holidays come around it's you might have kids you don't want to disappoint or family members or significant others or just yourselves that you don't want to disappoint, as as Mark said, you know, g- give gifts to yourself. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's very clearly real uh, crises going on, and it's not just everyone working from home delaying things. It is supply shortages of chips. It is massive, um, as you were saying, Jada, like distribution problems that are ongoing. I Like, this is a very side tangent, but like. I don't know if you guys uh, get Boba guys at all uh, in in the SF area, but I I love Boba guys. They have repeatedly talked about on their Instagram how the supply chain is so bad for them that they are like not able to get specific cups that they buy because like worldwide shipping is just such a problem. So it's like, okay, well, Starbucks is a big example of that, too. Starbucks, they're just like out of everything all the time. Yeah, it's it's very clearly a real problem. And then when you get into the, the chip design shortage and things that you guys may, may not know this, but I just saw this in our Slack. Uh, the the Steam Deck was just delayed by two months. Uh, no! Yeah, oh, no! I was just going to bring up talking. the Steam Deck because I it, that was the most recent example of this was, uh, and the, that was awful. The Steam Deck pre-ordering was possibly the worst. I, I had much easier time getting a PlayStation <laughs> 5 and Series X, but I, I tried to get a Steam Deck and it was incredibly hard and I ended up grabbing one, nice. the, the most expensive one, of, of course. course, because that was the only one I could get. 
So now I'm really now I'm really yeah, sad. They, they, in their specific letter. And obviously this is aside from PlayStation, but they were like, we did our best to work around the global supply chain issues. But due to material shortages, components aren't reaching our manufacturing facilities in time for us to meet our initial mm-hmm. launch dates. And yeah, like this problem has only continued to get a, a worse around the world when it comes to machines like this and, and the PS5 and the Xbox. And so it is it is really frustrating to see, especially when scalpers are taking such advantage of it. And, and it is it makes those those sales successes that we see feel a little bit hollow sometimes. Like it is awesome to see that like the PS5 right. has hit 13.4 million sales. It's like the fastest selling PlayStation, the fastest selling console in North America. It's doing very well, but we have like no way to know how much of those are authentic buys and how many are people, you know, reselling those for triple the price. And it's like it sold this many, but then the game only sold this much. And it's like because all the ones that were sold are sitting in somebody's, you know, Facebook. spare room because they're trying to sell them on eBay. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny. I didn't think so much about the chip shortage um, until like two months ago or something like that. So like when a new Tesla car comes out, they're like really, really hard to get. And so very famously, Ryan McCaffrey, he's a he's a big Tesla guy. Like he waited a long time to get his Tesla. And then I decided I wanted a Tesla and I waited until I could just get one. When I bought my Tesla, I got it six days after ordering it, which is seems insane at any point. Right. Uh, and now. And and that was two years ago. Now, if you want to buy a Tesla, uh, somebody was asking me about it and they're like, yeah, I, w- I want to buy one, blah, blah, blah. And you go to the website, you won't get it until like April. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Why? And then I realized, <laughs> oh, chip shortage. Yeah. Like, it's so funny how they're, the Model 3s were really hard to get. And then they got really easy to get. And now they're almost impossible to get again. The moral of the story is I have a Tesla. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a they, gift to Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's a gift for Mark. Um, I think also the big thing is the, you know, the audience is growing. You know, you know, when we were kids, we were we maybe had what one, maybe two generations that were buying consoles regularly. Now we're that older generation um, and we've got, Don't do you know, okay. <laughs> we're old. Um, no, um you know, we've got at least, you know, one, two, maybe three generations now that are, you know, in front of some people that are buying games and that they need to buy consoles for. So there's a bigger market now for gaming, which is why gaming is, you know, topping the charts. It's, you know, it's one of the few industries that are growing sales wise during the pandemic versus other ones that are, you know, losing sales. Um, Gaming is for everybody and the audience is just going to continue to expand as time goes on. Yeah, and I, I hope we can see PlayStation, you know, they have their PS5 direct sales website. I hope we can see them continue to lean into that and really build that out, uh, not just for the eventual PS6, but like for this generation to be a direct to consumer way for them to ensure people are mm-hmm. like people who care about getting a PlayStation 5 can get a PlayStation 5 better. The big box retailers need to figure out these systems a bit more for online. Obviously, everyone went into the pandemic not knowing their their websites were going to have to be the sole function of people buying these things but that's the reality of it that's how people are buying these things more often it's going to only continue to increase uh and they need to get those systems to be better so i i do hope that changes in the future uh because i also wonder one one small thing is i have a friend his name is travis and uh, he's been my friend for a long time and he did not buy a ps4 in the first like year or so and the reason he didn't buy PS4 is because he said, I have so many PS3 games that I don't have 
you know that i won't be able to play on ps4 so like why would i buy ps4 for like the like five games or whatever that i want to play when i could just stay with this where he got a ps5 day one because your entire library moves over so it makes me wonder like how many people that would have been hesitant to get a ps4 are are not feeling that hesitancy because they're like well i'm just again like i said i'm just getting a super upgraded ps4 my entire library is going with me so it makes me wonder if more people are quicker to be early adopters yeah that's that's very true yeah i'm I'm very curious to see how that increases within this next year or two as well but yeah obviously as we get into uh further generations i'm especially whenever we get whatever the ps5 pro point two five whatever they call it is um but yeah no you're absolutely right it's been a strange i think successful but frustrating first year uh in that regard especially and and i'm very curious to see how they continue to address things as we go on forward into the next year i'm going to pause right there because if you haven't been able to hear it uh loki is uh screaming in pain because my girlfriend had to leave and he is very sad so i'm just gonna go give him food to comfort him and i'll be back in just a second sorry <laughs> yeah no worries i say, well, I, say I say we just well, we just keep the podcast going yeah, it's just well, me and jada now you want to well, just, just, going, just say just well, say the playstation things yeah. red i guess don't cut any of this out but uh yeah, i guess any any audio listeners just know loki is not in any real pain he is just very sad and misses his mom that yeah, is well all, all right that's all great right. good to hear go take care of loki um well, yeah well i guess i'll segue sad. into some of our community stuff here um, because, you know, we put out a post yesterday um, on Twitter asking people what their thoughts were on our PS5 lineup. And uh, so we'll go to the first one. Uh, Austin Birdperson, um, at Austin Birdman. I had to put that in there purely because of the name, but also your comment was great and I loved it. Um, I felt very privileged to have gotten to play the PS5 lineup as it comes out. I've had so much fun from zooming around snowy New York as Miles to exploring death in Atropos as Selene. I'm currently playing through the Vanguard campaign, and I can't wait to see what it holds. Um, Mark, you've played uh, Miles Morales, right? I love Miles Morales so much, and I I miss that game. I've been thinking about it a lot recently because uh, it's really hard for me. Jada, I don't know if you have this problem, Hmm. but I find myself going back to games that I haven't platinumed because even if it's this weird thing where I'm like, maybe I'll get the urge to platinum it this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Miles Morales, you know, platinum that game right almost the instantly yep. uh, because it's, 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 you know, it's a very, it's not that hard of a platinum. And so I'm trying to like a reason with myself. Why should I play it again? And the answer is because it's a really good game. You, dummy like (laughs) like i i'm like but i already have the platinum and i'm like who cares like it's a really good game you should go back and want to just play it um especially since they came out with after after i played it they came out with the performance ray tracing mode so it looks even better than it did yeah i was watching my partner play it um and he played it after the update but i played it before the update so i've got to see the full like kind of difference i'm like why does it look so much better? Oh yeah, the update. Like, gosh mm-hmm. darn it! Now I need to go back and replay this game again um, because I love the game. Miles Morales was an amazing Spider-Man game, and now I have more reason to go back and play it. My issue is I try to play everything. I'm a very much of a variety gamer where I play, try to play everything I can that comes out. And so now that I've gotten the platinum in it, it's hard for me to justify another reason to go back and play that over playing something new that just dropped. Right. Like, that's 
Exactly That's, what I'm saying is like, why yeah. would I play this over? I mean, this is coming from the person that is eagerly anticipating tomorrow's uh, Skyrim patch and uh, GTA <laughs> trilogy remaster. So who, there was, who, do, who do I have to? Before they yep. delayed everything, there was a small window where Elder Scrolls five Skyrim, uh, The Witcher three and GTA five were all going to be released in November. I remember and that. Cyberpunk. It was really close. Yes, well, and I, I don't know. I don't know if they were like fully said, but like Cyberpunk was supposed to be holiday. They were aiming, yeah, yeah but but that small oh, mean, like, window of like old yeah. nostalgia is just so funny. But no, I'm I'm very much with you in terms of uh, one. Obviously, I was still listening, but man, yeah, Miles is so great. I'm I'm definitely going to go back for Christmas because it is you know it's exactly it's, it's a Christmas game. game. That that's Christmas what game. like hit me is I got it and it's like what that game couldn't have been more perfect, right? It came out. It's on this new console. It looks gorgeous and it's Christmas and we're all playing it during Christmas time. Like, yeah, that is like going to be like the nostalgia PS5 game for me. Also, I don't want to just say this just because it's like because we're talking about Miles Morales. I've I've said this all year. Am I the only person that liked Miles Morales more than Spider-Man? I think Miles Morales is a better game. Yes, easily. I agree. I think I I never know if that's like a controversial opinion. I I just I think it's a I I like his powers more and I think it's it's a tighter story. And then I like Mm -hmm. the setting. I love the Christmas setting. So my Um, thing first on the the Christmas thing, I do just want to say, especially I like um, having lived in New York and and Christmas time is my favorite time there. It is my thing now that I'm like, oh, I just need to go visit New York every Christmas. I can just go mm -hmm. play it if I can't travel back home. But no, I I very much think having uh, also been the person who reviewed both of them and gave Miles Morales a a, a slightly higher score. Uh, Granted, we didn't have the 100 point system at that time. But uh, I think Miles, as you said, it's a tighter package. It definitely obviously builds on the foundation that everything, you know, Spider-Man created. uh, And and so it, 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 (laughs) it owes that game obviously so much. But I think their focus and attention on the main story being a little bit smaller and the side content being more involved in Miles's life made it all mm-hmm. feel a bit more purposeful. Whereas like I enjoyed Spider-Man so much, but at the end of the day, some of the side stuff got very repetitive. Yep. Um, and there were a few highlights in there. There was like uh, a couple side stories in the first Spider-Man that I think showed what side content could be, but not yep. everything was like, and obviously it was the first mm-hmm. game. They have time to iterate. I can't wait to see what Spider-Man two does, but no, I think miles Ooh. Morales is a package. I want to revisit more than the first one right now. That that said, I, I think we can all agree that the first Spider-Man game is also incredible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's we're, amazing. we're comparing it's, two like, amazing <laughs> games. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, to ahead, kind Jay. of yeah. to finish off that point, uh, Mark, the, the, you know, having that same problem about going back to games, um, Marvel's Avengers is one of those games. Like, I really want to go back and play the Black Panther stuff. I want to go back and play Spider-Man at the end of the month, but I already mm-hmm. have the Platinum. So I've, every time I've gone to boot it up, I'm like, but I have this other game to play that I haven't finished yet. I should go play this and get trophies in that or just play finish the story, None, you know, if nothing else. Um, which po- brings This podcast me- is hosted by a dog now. Yep, Loki. He'll be speaking for me going forward. I'll have to bring Atreus on next time and they can meet. Yes you know screen to screen um but that brings me to another community comment from alexander m collins at filmmaker amc i thought my ps5 would be a jump into the future of gaming but instead it gave it a second life to old games from ps4 i had quit on cyberpunk control and marvel's avengers however the updates to speed load times allowed me to enjoy these games without hesitation and so like i totally 100 percent agree we talked touched about that on that a little bit earlier in the show and um good call out 
yeah i yeah, think it's my, been my really favorite thing has been games getting patches i played so much like division two when it got its ps5 patch i'm gonna play a lot of skyrim tomorrow you know that once it gets its patch like i love when games get their their patches yeah i i think it's a thing that especially you know obviously everyone is looking forward to the point when it's just we're only getting new ps5 games and there's not a lot of mm-hmm. cross-gen stuff but my god are there so many games from last generation that i still need to play or finish or platinum or revisit and it's like these patches are a perfect excuse to do that yep yep uh do we want to pull any more yeah I let's, got a couple let's more. go for the uh. last couple comments all right, cool. So uh, that Matt at that Matt 85, I know I was warned about how it wasn't going to feel like much of an upgrade over the PS4 compared to the other generational upgrades, what we talked about earlier. Um, but that is what my thoughts, my first thoughts were. I've played some nice looking games at high frame rates, but they seem like minor upgrades. Um, yeah, we touched about, you know, Jonathan mm-hmm. was talking about that. You know, we get diminished returns on upgrades. There's only so much that graphically that they can make the leap as time moves on until the technology is there to catch up um which i think that's why they're focusing so much on the kind of uh tangential stuff the uh the audio the haptic feedback and i think that's Mm. you know and i think it's totally fair um but i think we'll start seeing a lot more better stuff as um a lot better stuff as time moves on you know as as mark said like you know ps3 generation uncharted one to last of us is quite a leap and and we saw leaps like that in the ps4 even like Killzone shadowfall looked beautiful at launch and then you see Mm -hmm. some of the last of us part two and ghost of tsushima and it's just unreal the level of detail that that started to go into those games i expect we'll see things like that this generation but yeah i do think like going in with somewhat tempered expectations is a good thing and i do not know if this is controversial i do think it is to some of our audience but i genuinely think at this point games look pretty damn great and i just want them to focus on making good games like i really don't need games to look much better than they do i just want them to run well be very interesting and fun to play and be well designed Mm -hmm. and like i am fine if we're sort of at a peak for a little bit but i'm sure they'll continue to push it but like that, that's, that's just fallen down the list since we've gotten such pretty games. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I think the number one importance for me when it comes to games is does it have a great story? Does it have interesting characters? And is the like the combat or the main mechanic of the game enjoyable? If it's got those three things, I'm sold on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Croese, I think I'm pronouncing that right, at Sam underscore Croese, um, had mine since launch day and it's never skipped a beat. After one full year and hundreds of hours of games, I'm yet to hear the fan. It's been awesome. Um, that was something, you know, uh, that happened a lot during what the PS4, you know, those uh, airplane jets. Um, yeah. And I don't think, uh, I, you know, I haven't, mine's super, mine's purring like very quietly anytime I have it on and I play six to seven hours a day. So. Um, yeah, every day PS, launch. PS4 Pro, I, I would just always play with headphones on because it would yeah. get so loud that it, it would, you know, you'd have to crank up the TV and it's, it's annoying. The only problem I have with my PS5, and I, I know that this is a widespread thing, is if a disc is sitting in it, even if I'm not using the disc every so often, I think they put out an update where it doesn't do it as much, yeah. but you'll hear the disc spin up. And it'll start yeah. making noise, and you're like, "What? What? I'm playing a digital, like, bro. Why is my Titanic DVD going crazy?" And they're like, <laughs> "Calm down." <laughs> I know that's true because I've seen you been tweeting about Titanic. Um, so yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. It is a very weird thing there, but my God, I was reviewing The Last of Us Part Two, 
And I think I had my volume on my TV, like double the volume so that mm-hmm. I could hear it over my PS4 Pro back at the, at, you know, at that point in time. And then to go to the PS5, I know it was a very old joke and, and constantly used for the PS4, but it was so true. And to have that now where it is just pretty quiet is a godsend. Yep. It is so fundamentally important and hopefully doesn't change as the generation goes on. That's my only worry is that like, mm-hmm. well, things are running well now because so much of it is still stuff that was cross-gen or things that are still relatively uh, based in in designs from last gen. I hope the advancements we see don't force it to be louder. Have you guys opened yours to, like, clean it out now that it's been, you know, about a year? <laughs> I need to. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I, I opened it up at launch to look at it, but I haven't since then. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's... I was just going to oh. say, if, if you've done it, you know that it's, like, it's super easy. The, the hardest part about how is my PS4 is in the ps5s in the back there is it stands up vertically which means i have to take the stand off every time i want to open it but i i i opened it to put the ssd in it and i was like well while while i got the while i'm under the hood let's get this sucker cleaned out nice and fresh and so i should be good for a little bit but uh it's time to do it not scary now now that i've done it once (laughs) i've only pulled off my face plates and like dusted it and kind of cleaned it that's pretty mm-hmm. much the extent I haven't done a full deep cleaning, um, but we're hitting that one year point. So it's time for its bath. Um, all of, our, all of our warranties are expiring. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, yeah. Time, time for its bath. Maybe don't actually give it a real bath. Just a warning. Yes, please do not put your, no, your warranty is expiring. Don't submerge it in water. <laughs> really don't need a lawsuit to be on right now. Um, but yeah, I it it's something that, that there have been, you know, I do. I do want to sort of get final thoughts. But for me, at least, I think the the advancements have been not like revolutionary, you know, bullet points of here's the defining things that have changed this generation, but it's been a pretty solid first year. Like, I think overall, we've gotten some really great games. Yes, a lot has still been cross-gen. We're we're waiting for that new stuff. But like, at least for me, between updates, my backlog, and genuinely new games, I haven't been lacking for things to play this generation. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I was lacking for things to play, ps5 only yes i guess i could say that but i'm still playing returnal i'm still (laughs) still absorbed in that i can't wait to go back mm -hmm. to uh you know miles morales on ps5 and all that and yeah i have more games right now than i have time to play for sure yeah i have more Uh, games that i'll ever have time to play in my lifetime so (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right uh yeah that that's the thing that especially as we go into next year and, and we were joking at the beginning the lineup looks amazing but you know if and when things get delayed one, do not ever be rude to developers about that. They are working yep. to make incredible things and never use that as an excuse to get mad. Uh, but two, I'm OK if they need to take more time. I've still got so much to play. It's OK. Please take their time. Um, but before we move on, any sort of final thoughts about uh, this first year? Anything we didn't get to that, that you want to shut out? Any just major sort of wrap up thoughts, Jade? I'll, I'll start with you. I mean, I think I pretty much covered it. I think it's, you know, I don't think I had more than maybe a month of downtime where I was like, kind of like, what do I play right now? And that's, you know, the beauty of owning a PC, a Switch and an Xbox is I just was like, yeah, it's a good time to good reason to go play something else somewhere else for for a little bit of time and, you know, pay some attention to something that I I've maybe put off or put on hold. So um, if you're out there and you're, you know, struggling to find something to play on PS5, um, you know, look through your backlog, look through backwards compatible stuff and or, you know, give any other consoles some love. You know, it's it's OK to to cheat on your PS5 for for a month or two. 
It's okay. How dare you, Jada? Yeah. Uh, Mark, any other closing thoughts before we move on? Yeah, no, it's just, you know, it's as, as people that work full time, right. And, and try to fit in other activities that to me, there, there are just more games than I know what to do with. Right. So for me, like to think that this year was slow, even with all the delays and stuff like that is, it's crazy. Like to me, there's still so many games that I have not, I'm currently juggling like six different games that I feel like I'm never going to finish. Um, but yeah, no, I love, I love the PS five. I, I think it can use some work UI wise. Like I think the game base is, is still pretty funky, but uh, I, I think, uh, I think we're going to get there in time. Uh, but if this is the console, even if they don't ever make a PS five pro, like I, I'm with you, Dornbush, when you talk about graphics. Like I'm I think I've definitely hit this point where I'm like, yep, these games look great. I just want them to feel good and I want them to tell really cool stories and have really fun gameplay. Uh and so far the PS5 has delivered on that. So yeah, I am very happy with the console and I can't wait for next year because there are a lot of video games coming out. It is a lot of video games to look forward to. Yeah. And and whether you're on PS4 or PS5, I think next year is definitely going to still be a good year regardless. Things will yep. probably run better on PS5, yes. But um it's uh a nonstop potential year and we're we're gonna have a lot to talk about. But uh yeah, that is sort of the first year of the PlayStation 5. I think a, a pretty solid uh, first year, especially, you know, considering the world around us right now. Um, thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, Jada was obviously reading comments from everyone who replied to me on Twitter. Thank you to everyone who who wrote in with their thoughts. Uh, and again, our apologies to everyone who still cannot get their hands on these things. We we want everyone to be able to because we like talking about it and we want to be able to have everyone understand that experience and be able to share in it. So hopefully more consoles can get out there into correct, like good hands, not resellers. Uh, sooner than later and hopefully we can all talk about all the awesome games coming out next year but before we get to all of the awesome games coming out next year we are still playing some stuff from this year uh and mark i'll I'll start with you Uh, obviously i know there's a certain non-playstation game you've been playing and and i started it last night too but what have you been playing and what's been when uh dominating your time forza horizon 5 what a video game oh my gosh (laughs) i cannot uh (laughs) Someone set a timer. I'm only allowed to talk about this game I'm for looking. 37 and a half seconds. Yeah. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 is so good. It is it is like it's probably my game of the year. It is one of the prettiest games I've ever played. Uh, I I loved Forza Horizon 4 and 5. seven seconds. <laughs> I, I think 5 just, just improves on. Oh, look at that. We even got the B-roll. Um, yeah, I think this game's great. And it's it's I tweeted this this morning. Forza Horizon 5 is one of these rare moments where everybody playing this game is just like sharing screenshots and scaring, sharing their you know times and stuff like that. And they're just talking about how much they love the game. And I, I love times like this because it's this these magical times where it's like there's no wars. There's no nothing bad's happening. Everyone's just playing this game and they're all just like loving it. And mm-hmm. that's honestly what I love most about the game right now is it's like it's just it's just a it's just a joyous time. I love this game. Yeah, everyone uh, is very, yeah, sorry, very happy. No, I was going to say just everyone is very like happy around it. And I, and I do want to say like a thing that obviously um, we've said on the show before, but like I am happy when Microsoft is doing well because it only causes mm-hmm. both Microsoft and PlayStation to want to do better. Yep. <laughs> uh, and as someone well, who, you know, had an Xbox 360, played the hell out of it, had an original mm-hmm. Xbox, played the hell out of it, didn't play my Xbox one much like 
I'm so glad that we're, we have a, a space where Forza and Halo are coming out in such a short span. And then next year we get Horizon and God mm-hmm. of War on PlayStation and Gran Turismo. Like it, it's this back and forth and it's great to see both of them thriving because it's only better for the audience at the end of the day. Yeah, it's, it's hard to not like pay the dues, right? Like I, I have both consoles. I'm primarily a PlayStation person. Like I, I've gone months without turning on my Series X. That this just because every if if it's multi platform, I play on PlayStation or PC. Um, and with uh, with with Xbox kind of like owning this like fall season, right? With Forza and Halo, like it's hard to not like be like, sorry, on this PlayStation podcast, I'm going to talk about this great Xbox <laughs> game I'm playing. Um, but yeah, Forza is great. But but to bring it back to the PlayStation side, um, I never played Knockout City when it came out back in May. Uh, but I heard it was very good. And then it was a free PlayStation plus game. And wow, I can't believe how much I am enjoying that game. It's, it's really, really fun. We, uh, we played online a bunch and, uh, it was, it was just a really, really good time. And we were able to get like seven people in a lobby all together, all friends, all on the mic. Jada is one of them. And, uh, (laughs) we, we all just like, had all of us just like screaming at each other and playing this like silly uh, dodgeball game. I love knockout city. Like I I'm very sad. I did not play it when it first came out because uh, I'm having so much fun and I, I feel like I missed the train, but that's a great thing about PlayStation plus is it, is it gives you it gives games a second life. Uh, and so it's like, I'm not having trouble finding lobbies or anything, but uh, knockout city is very, very good. <laughs> yeah, especially for such a, you know, multiplayer focused game. These are the sorts of things that I associate now more than ever with PlayStation Plus is like, you know, mm-hmm. the Rocket Leagues, the Fall Guys. I was surprised when this came out and it wasn't a PlayStation Plus launch game, but, you know, it might be because right. it's e- EA and, and obviously mm-hmm. they have all their stuff going on. But uh, I still need to jump in, but I'm I'm very happy to hear you were liking it. Is, is there anything specific about like, is it a certain mode or, or the mechanics or, or just sort of the like spirit of it? Like I, what's been grabbing you? I th- think what i love about it is we we played for a couple of nights and got the feel of the game and then we played jada was there jada had played it Mm -hmm. before but there was two people in our group that had never played it and one of them our friend cosma destroyed us like she just (laughs) understood the game she just she got it and she just like destroyed us and like it's one of those like it's just so easy to once you get it you're like oh I got it. And like a shooter, like Call of Duty, if if one person goes up against like three people, there's a good chance you're going to lose. Where in a game like Knockout City, you actually have a chance to do like a team wipe on your own. It's all about reflexes. And if you if you get in that zone, like it's one of those things where you throw a dodgeball at someone and they push L2 and they can catch it. And there's been so many times where somebody was like running in front of me. I threw a dodgeball. They turned around and caught it where I was like, oh, like, what are the like, how, what are the odds that you would do that? Like, that was amazing. I've been so impressed on how other people have been able to play the game. Uh, I think that's what's getting me the most is it's just it's just uh, it's just good, clean fun. Yep. Good, clean fun. That was yeah. me, by the way. I caught the, I turned around and caught it on you. <laughs> Jade is a beast. I'd expect nothing less. Um, we we went in and we were like, all right, IGN gang, right? Because me and Jada, you know, we're the only IGN people there. And so we we're like, yeah, we're the IGN gang. That lasted one game. And then Jada, she. I literally 
I literally randomized my team and it was blue and gold and I prefer gold. So I suck with gold most of the time. So I like to think that Mark just didn't want to play with me. Oh my God. Um, but he, <laughs> he did invite me to the session. So we'll play some more <laughs> and we'll be able to tag team up and, you know, maybe we can there get you in Jonathan and us three can go in uh stomp some, uh, some pub matches. We'll yeah. See, yeah you, you both Super will have fun. to carry me, but yeah, I definitely, definitely <laughs> want to try sometime soon. Uh, Jada, what else have you been playing besides? Uh, so, uh, you know, Ghost of Tsushima uh, was one of those kind of uh, games that I kind of put on the back burner because they announced the PS5 edition when I was probably about two thirds of the way through the PS4 um, version of it. So I paused that and I finally have been going back and finishing it. I um, got my platinum trophy um, along with uh, for that and Guardians uh, over the weekend. Um, Ghost mm. of Tsushima is such a great ending. Um, I love just the story. The gameplay was so good. I still got to go back and do the uh, the Iki Island um, expansion. I went there early task. and got the um, one of the new abilities for my horse and one of the new armors because I uh, I just had I experienced those previously and so i was like i want those for my character um so i went and got those and then went and jumped right back into the story and went through the game i don't know if that kind of affected the difficulty a little bit because the new armor is really strong but it, oh, no. you know um <laughs> it was a it was a lot of fun i mean the, the big thing is, is it's the new arm it's the sarugami army armor and basically if you get a perfect counter you get three like uninterrupted strikes so like it really helps for if, if you're good at perfect parries, if you're not good at the perfect parries, it's not going to do anything for you. And I believe it removes like the ability to regular parry. I'll have to double check that. But uh, so it, you know, the window is bigger, but if you miss that window, you're just kind of left open. Um, okay. So it's kind of a, uh, you know, risk reward situation. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. I rolled uh, credits in platinum on Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. Amazing game. Just I uh, played through it a second time and I went, did complete opposite um, dialogue choices just to see what they were. Um, even even knowing that it's like this is the wrong decision. I should totally let Gamora do her thing. But I chased her off and messed up her plan. And she was mad at me uh, the whole time on the ship until the next mission. She just did not want to talk to me. Um, and I love she that. Did the you renegade did something like that, <laughs> basically. Um, but it's not a, it's not even you know, Paragon Renegade black and white with Guardians. It's just literally different how the characters react to you differently. Um, it's a lot more. Um, and then I've just rolled credits on the Vanguard campaign on Veteran last night. Um, nice. One of the better Call of Duty campaigns. It's shorter than most, um, but every level is very memorable. I only had one level I didn't enjoy, which was like the Battle of Midway, which is has you in a plane. Um, and I just, they just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't feel like it was as polished as the the sniper levels or the level on the train um, mm. and stuff like that. So, but I really liked Vanguard. I'm going to be jumping into the multiplayer and zombies over the weekend um, to check that out. But uh, the campaign is wrapped. So nice. How was the Guardians Platinum? Uh, pretty easy. Um, I you know the biggest thing is just finding a lot of the the lore and characters and stuff like that that you can miss on one playthrough. Like I totally didn't go into uh, Tavon's Collector's Emporium my first playthrough, so mm. I missed like twenty pieces of lore. But yeah, really cool stuff in you know just getting to experience a different side of the story and some of the branching paths in the uh, the missions by taking different dialogue options. Um, like you saw in the the trailer, you know who do you sell, Rocket or Groot? You know, yeah. depending on who you choose, the the next level changes. Um, still end up mm. the same end result for the most part, but 
Um, and I got a package. I think that's my my Lapras plush that I ordered. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, Not no in video it's, game in real life, just for for clarity's sake. <laughs> no, totally. I'm going surfing yeah. on my Lapras in San Francisco Bay. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I love Guardians. I highly recommend it to anybody who's thinking about it. The combat is fun. Um, the story is great. The dialogue is some of the best I've seen in games, and the soundtrack is full of bangers. The soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, so it's a it's a very fun soundtrack. I still need to finish it, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I was uh, spending most of my past week in another space setting uh, playing Returnal uh, because I was not fortunate enough or skilled enough to beat it as quickly as Jada did. Uh, and so I've been going back in my run <laughs> uh, and uh, finally rolled credits. But of course, only on act two, because there is an act three to that game that's hidden behind it. Uh, oh so I'm, I'm going through my act three run now. Uh, but man, I love that game. I'm so happy mm-hmm. I came back to it. It is so good. Housemark did such a great job with it. It looks gorgeous being like, as you were saying earlier, Mark, like being in that world with the 3D audio and the dual sense is so immersive and so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's just like, I can't wait to see what Housemark does from here. Like this is such a new journey for them and a new chapter, especially now being a PlayStation first party studio. Uh, and if like if Returnal is the first step in whatever this new chapter is for them, I can't wait to see where they go from here because I've loved all their older stuff. Mark, I know I know you're a fan of their older stuff as well. But yeah, like to see them yeah. evolve this way, I, I can't wait to see where they go next. I do not know what video we're pulling from. There was a strange man. That, yeah. that was very weird. Uh, <laughs> I remember I remember after Next Machina and. Uh, what was there? Resogun? Not Resogun. The one after uh, Next Machina, the side scrolling oh. one yeah um oh man Anyways. uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i remember you know it was like it was like almost heartbreaking that they're like you know we're we're going to have to change our strategy basically on you know what we make um matterfall was the matterfall. game i was thinking yep. of and uh and uh and so then they announced like th- that they are working on a bigger triple a and then there was this weird rumor that it was going to be a multiplayer game and I'm like, oh no, like, are we losing like that house mark? Like the, you know, Alienation is one of my favorite games of all time and Next Machina and Resogun. And I was like, are we losing that? And then you get this and you're like, oh no, we didn't, we did not lose that. We, we just got a 3D version of like what they do best. Like, yeah, Returnal's <laughs> well, we, great. We even saw some of that game. That was a uh, Storm Diver they were going to do a battle oh, okay. game yeah they they showed a little bit of that game i don't know if it mm. ever hit like early access or anything but it essentially like went on hiatus and then they went dark for a bit and, and returnal was what came out after that and i'm so glad that they like yeah found <laughs> a way to channel their arcade roots but clearly use some of the work they were doing in developing more like third person action sort of uh experiences mm-hmm. uh it's yeah it's such a blast i if you're getting a PS5 for for this holiday, uh, or even if you don't know you're getting one, if it's a present, uh, please go check out Returnal. It is such a such a great game, uh, even though it can be very hard. But yeah, the the new suspense cycle. The only thing I wanted to mention was uh, I am so grateful it's in the game because my my winning run. I was playing it one night, uh, pause the game, use the suspense cycle feature, uh, put it put my PS4 to rest, PS5 to rest. Uh, our power went out overnight. Um, mm. and then I woke up the next morning, I got that really grumpy, like you shut off your PS five wrong. The, yep. the lights were yep. on in the correct matter. You, you jerk. And I'm like, Oh my God, stop it. And I turned it back on and Returnal was right where I left it. Like it, it I, I hope it back up. It was totally fine. And I was able so to good. win the game that run. It was so amazing. Um, what, so, uh, what gun did you, uh, clear it with? 
I th- oh, okay. So in the very end, I was on a Hollow Seeker. Um, That's the gun. That is I the gun. The Hollow Seeker. To use. The Hollow Seeker is so amazing. The my my f- winning run when I cleared my first clear on Act Two, I got the, the Hollow Seeker, and I had both of the turret upgrades on it. So I had both oh, the portal nice. gun and the the turret gun. So I had like a laser beam firing at anything I shot, and then just a straight another portal shooting bullets just randomly. Yeah. Um, at my enemies and it was so just overpowered and broken so you see it's, the hollow seeker level that up it's mm-hmm. wild it's one of those guns i saw a couple people when i was tweeting about returnal who were saying like the hollow seeker they never paid much mind because every bullet is technically a little bit weaker mm-hmm. um but like the the amount of accumulative damage you can do with it is just so impactful while letting you still be able to kind of like bounce around and do things and yep. whatnot so yeah i can't recommend it enough uh that gun but also just returnal uh but other than that that is pretty much going to do it for this week's episode of podcast beyond jada and mark thank you so much for joining me uh for this week's episode anything you want to shout out people to uh work wise or on ign or anything just to give people a heads up about yeah um i'm about i'm going to be jumping on our uh ign um eternal spaces we're going to be talking about spaces on twitter today at 2 p.m um I guess, you know, by the time this goes live, though, that will be uh, beforehand. <laughs> so you'll miss this. So um, but we do uh, spaces on um, Tuesdays where we talk about games and Wednesdays where we talk about all the latest Marvel. Um, we'll be doing shows um, throughout uh, November and December for Hawkeye as well as Spider-Man. Um, so keep an eye out for that since you're going to probably miss this Eternals one. Um, but yeah, that and then other than that, hit me up on my um, office hours, uh, which is 1230 to 2 p.m. on pretty much all the platforms, social platforms, uh, just ping me at Jade Arena or ping at IGN and I will usually get to your response. Awesome. And Mark, anything on your end you want to shout people to? Uh, I'll plug something old. If you if you have played Returnal and you've beaten it, you should go watch the devs react we did for it because how smart yes. they are just they are just wonderful. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you should go watch that episode. Uh, that's it. That's it cool. for me. Well, thank you again to both of you so much for joining me for this week's episode. Thank you to Red, our producer, for making the show happen. Uh, and thank you to the three of you for dealing with me as I had to go uh, tend to this yippy boy who was very, very sad about things. Uh, and thank you to everyone out there for listening and or watching. Uh, we hope you're safe. We hope you're well. And as always, beyond. 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 Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.